get started. Perfect. Uh, we'll, we'll pray and then we'll, we'll get straight into it. Yeah, Father, I just want to give you thanks for this time together. Thank you for this church body that we've got here and just the, the loving and caring people that you've, you've put before us. And we just pray as we, we read through your word today, Lord, that you will bless us with understanding. Just pray you give me the words to, to speak and that your Holy Spirit will be at work in all our hearts, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we're going through Romans chapter 7, verse 7 onwards to chapter 8, verse 2 today. Uh, I kind of want to jump straight in and say this section, Romans 7, is kind of really, it's a confusing passage. Uh, reason being, we've just heard in chapter 6 about the complete victory over sin. And now Paul is jumping straight into the intense struggle between the sin within us and the Holy Spirit of God. Um, one thing that came up in conversation a bit, especially with, with Derek, it was interesting to, to learn this, but he said, uh, you may hear some people say when it comes to this chapter that Paul is actually writing from his perspective before he became a Christian. I want you to know, though, if you look at Paul's life before he actually became a Christian, he was very zealous for the law, completely, but he was brought to kill Christians. He was so zealous for the law that when he saw Christians, he's like, I'm going to kill every single one of them. That's, that is what God has called me to do. And he didn't struggle with that. That was sinful, and he didn't struggle with that whatsoever. But in this chapter, we see a man who was struggling deeply with sin constantly trying to take a hold of him. I know it's kind of a little bit of a tangent already. I'm sorry, there won't be too many of them, hopefully. But uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, I'm, I'm reading from NIV, and we'll open up to Romans 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless... I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said you shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive apart from the law. But when the commandment came... Sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Um, I've often caught myself thinking a lot that I could fulfil the law. If I worked hard enough, you know what I mean? You know, if I tucked my shirt in extra tight, I pulled my pants up extra high, and I polished my shoes extra shiny, then I would be presentable to God. Uh, Isaiah 64.6, though, for me, is one of my favourite verses to help keep myself in check. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up 
like a leaf, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. The thing we need to know about the law is that it completely captures the perfect character of God. We can't fulfil it ourselves. Although we understand this, although we understand we can't fulfil the law, sin uses the law against us and it tries to twist that understanding. Think of Adam and Eve. They ate from the tree because the devil convinced them that they could be like God. Even though God told them if they ate from that tree, it would lead them to death. They knew it would lead to death and yet they allowed themselves to be convinced that they could be like God. They could be mighty. They could be perfect. Our sin convinces us that if only we could fulfill the law, then we could be like God. But Paul addressed this in Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Not any of you, and definitely not myself, by any means. We'll read on from verse 13. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognised as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. I, uh, I never understood that line before. I've read it, uh, I don't know how many times, but it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me. For years it seemed like such a cop-out. I thought, oh, if I can just blame my sinful nature each time I sin, I've got a backup plan every time something goes wrong. Now you see, officer, it wasn't me who was speeding. It was sin living in me. No, wait, where are you taking me? No, take my sin, he did it. Sounds ridiculous when I say it like that, doesn't it? But it's... When I read it this time around, God gave me a new understanding. You see, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our sins were pinned there with him. Therefore, we were taken away from our slavery and were called to serve God wholeheartedly. 
Although our hearts now desire to know God and to do His will, sin is still working to cut us down. And we see more of this in the next verses. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? I read this and I see how amazing it is the way sin works in me. Because when I fall short, I convince myself that I'm all alone in this battle. That no one has struggled the way I have struggled. But I want you to be encouraged as we read this. Paul is pleading. We aren't alone in our plea for help. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Someone that all of us, I guarantee, lift up pretty highly. Someone like Paul. And yet he is here pleading. Who's going to rescue me? I am so sinful. Help me. There are countless believers, including those of you in this very room, who struggle with their sin. If you are sitting here and you are feeling that ache in your heart, like I do right now, like I was when I was reading through this, you're normal. If you feel like you're broken, newsflash, you're not, but if you feel like you are, bring it to God. Because the reason why I say you're not broken is because He's accomplished the fix. He has fixed you. He has picked up the pieces and put you back together and accomplished all of that through Christ. As we see going into the final part of the chapter and into chapter 8. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Folks, I really want you to be encouraged If you have accepted Christ into your heart, although sin is still going to try and claw its way back into control, it has been defeated by the blood of Christ. You have been completely set free. The old you was crucified with Christ and you were resurrected with Christ, reborn, transformed and having been graciously justified so that you can be restored back to the Father. He loves us and He wants each of us to accept the gift that is graciously waiting there. 
So let's turn to him together now and we'll pray. Father, we are so grateful for this message of grace you've given us. To know that we're not in this battle alone, Lord, but to know that you have fought that battle for us. And although we are destined to struggle with sin while we're here on earth, we know the glory that awaits, Lord. Eternal life with you. We thank you for this gift, Father. We thank you that we only have to put up with the suffering for a short time. And we then get to enjoy eternity. Spending each day with you, Father. I pray for each of us as we go through the struggle with sin that you will continue to encourage us that there are people around, people that you have put into our lives who are there to support us. And I just pray that you will continue to remind us every single day the love that you have for us and the love that you've shown for us through Christ. We want to give you thanks and praise, Lord, for all of this. In Jesus' name. Amen.